It's the Low Score Podcast. And now, here's Bobby and Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, man. Um, <clears throat> it's been a month. Yeah, I don't know what happened. That's not, uh... I've not been not... especially busy. Um, I have. So okay. we'll, call, we'll blame it on me. How about that? Sure, all right, that uh, sounds good to me. Let's do that. Um, like, it was definitely last week, and I thought, let's podcast this weekend. And I was like, eh, you know, got other stuff going on. Sunday, we, so we podcast often on Sundays. We do. It's a good, Sunday, good day. Sundays have taken on a new meaning for me, of course. With the start of the 2014 Sprint Cup NASCAR series. Oh, season. Christ. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of busy on Sundays now for a few hours a day. Still into that. Surprise. When are they, uh, when are they, what are they coming to, uh, to, to Richmond? Richmond? That's a great question. Yeah. They're in Bristol, Tennessee this weekend. <laughs> okay. Um, and and hey, your hometown hero, Denny Hamlin. Yeah, hometown of Chesterfield County Zone, Denny Hamlin. He set the track record this weekend uh, during practice laps. All That's right, he's the pole sitter. Pretty Looks good. Like he's gonna have good, but the, you know the weather's not clearing up over there. It's it's raining here in Atlanta, and it's moving northward toward yes. you. Yep. So uh, yeah, well, we were supposed to get it in about one o'clock. I heard. We'll see what happens. I mean, half there was like a four hour rain delay during the Daytona. There was a at least one or two hour rain delay two weekends ago. Last weekend was a clear day, almost clear day in uh, Phoenix, but yeah, NASCAR baby, man, you know how on giant bomb drew and Daniel Dwyer, I have started like a F one for beginners or yes. Uh, podcast alt F one. Yes. I would, I would like to do something like that for NASCAR, like you... NASCAR for people who don't want to admit they watch NASCAR. I can tell you're on board. I'm not on. You would need to find another co-host. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking here at the schedule, though, if you want to come visit. So uh, April 26th ooh, is that's the, a bad date. the Toyota Owners 400. And it looks like they come around again in September. Yeah, September okay. 6th, Federated Auto Parts 400. September 6th, really? Mm-hmm. When is uh, Labor Day? Because they're here, they're in Atlanta the week before that, I guess. Yeah, Atlanta Motor Speedway on the 31st of August. Audi- okay, that's why. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I could do a twofer. To do a twofer, man, you could follow everybody. Yeah, Labor Day is the 1st of September, so that makes sense. Okay. We don't have time to talk about NASCAR, though. We don't. Because we've been busy traveling. Hey, Jay. Hey, man. How's your South By? Oh, my South By is uh, great. South by Southwest, uh, aka the Sexual Festival. Sexual Festival? Yeah. If you, I mean, if you just read the acronym. Oh yeah, I guess it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's where I get all of my music, film, and interactive needs. Oh, interactive! Uh, I like interactive. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess. So I don't know how that happened. Like, was it just like, oh shit, like tech nerds have showed up to this? like film festival so fuck it here's this like other part like it makes it makes no sense no it doesn't it because it's like all right you want music and film at the same festival 
that's a little crowded, but I guess that makes sense, right? Sure. There, there's a logic media, to it. Their performance. Expressive. Exactly. But then they're just like, also, like, Twitter got big here, so tech people come too, and I guess, like, show off your Oculus Rift stuff or weird phone app stuff. Yeah. But um, also, there's, like, Lucius playing over here. I don't know. It is it is extraordinarily strange that that happened, but and and even weirder that they like wholeheartedly <coughs> embraced it just for the sake that it would you know raise the profile of it and bring more people. Right. You know, sometimes you're like, oh man, no, we can't let that stuff happen to our our festival. We got to keep it. You know, got to keep it for the people. I'm like, nope, fuck it, <laughs> whatever. Let's uh, just let's just evolve, man. But I also feel like this year, <coughs> and and it's because I'm out of the the music scene and the movie scene it was far less annoying. Like I, maybe I have unfollowed enough tech people on my Twitter feed that I've yes. kind of gone by the wayside or I don't know. I think I've done the same because my Twitter stuff was pretty clean. But like I said, all the uh, like music podcasts and even some of the video game podcasts I listened to, there was some of the six uh, talk coming in. And I guess, I guess that's fine. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. Did you hear about any like big news coming out of? Oh, I mean, we were there, so we would know. Yeah, but. obviously. Um, big news. Big news. Gosh. Uh, no, I got nothing. <laughs> I can't even. Can't even make a humor joke about it. Didn't those people? Didn't some people die? That was bad. Yeah, it was bad. That was big news. That's um. That seemed. That seemed kind of fucked up. Like yeah, a car like going into the like blocked off street and mowing people down. You know, I saw that story, but kind of like every other like tech story or whatever you want to call it, it was just like a flash. Right. People were talking about it for an instant. I have no idea what the result of it was. And of course, no one's going to report on or people aren't interested in the results of the story as much as they were interested in that it happened. Um, it was kind of like, so did you see that story that part of like a huge development complex in the mission in San Francisco? Was on fire this yes, week. Yes, I did see that. That's terrifying. And then there was a big fire in uh, New York City somewhere, one of the boroughs. I don't remember where. But like, who knows what happens at the end of any of this stuff? Too busy. We just want to know that it, that it happened. We don't want to know why it happened. But yeah, other than that, South by Southwest has been really good. Yeah, I've woo. had a great. I've had a great time. I saw some bands I like. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, some really hot movies. Yeah. From uh, up and up and coming moviers. Did you see the that? Um, uh, I can't remember who it's by, but it's it's called uh, the Indoor Deck, and it's about like two like hipster kids that want to build like a, a an outdoor porch inside because they live in Minnesota. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just hooking up like heat lamps or no? Like, how just, are they doing it? Just it was mostly about them buying wood and putting it on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know there was. There's like a, a love story and it was kind of quiet and some of my favorite bands were doing the soundtrack. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, I heard that was just a short film, right? I mean, if you want to call 97 minutes short, but yes, like nowadays compared to the Wolf of Wall Street. I do. I do want to call 97 minutes short because that's the same project where they were trying to kickstart the web series um, for the where they like take the concept that they built in the documentary and like tried to get it prototyped and then like installed in a bunch of new housing developments yeah yeah exactly um and then they started yeah so they used the kickstarter to create uh, a web app that allowed people mm. to connect who That's were great. interested in indoor decking 
and indoor decking related activities and uh and my favorite bands my lifestyle involves a lot of apps now so it's good it's good we need more apps i got a i got a new app that that when i plug in my headphones in the morning while i'm at school the school music plays from persona that's technology improving our lives in meaningful i know that wasn't a joke i I just assumed um yeah by the way that doesn't really work in the same way it does when you know your your day or a day of persona is like 10 minutes long as opposed to your actual life right which is 24 hours i did how long is it well it's a it's a thousand beats Okay, thank you. Because I did download a widget for my Android phone that shows me what time it is in in Swatch Internet Beats. I think Swatch Internet Time makes a lot of sense. It, it kind of does, right? It's it's a metric system for time. Yeah, you divide the day by a thousand, the, and it's the, like the only thing bad about it would be the learning curve. But yeah. in the same way that kind of military time makes sense, you're like, okay, yeah, these are meaningful units of time. Like this it's, makes a lot of sense. It's seven oh six beats now. No, I was thinking about it earlier, um, like what it would take to learn something like this. Because I was like, we have over the, we think of it as being like an innate understanding of the passage of time and being able to say like what 15 minutes is. But really, we have no idea what 15 minutes is without looking at a clock, right? We, we could no. probably guess around 15 minutes having elapsed in our life, but we'd probably be, you know, plus or minus a minute and a half. Yeah, I think there's been like a feeling that we've gotten that we can intuit you know, hours and minutes and stuff. But even that is, it can wildly vary whether you're doing something boring or incredibly engaging right. or something in between. So I don't think it would be that hard for us to learn. No, because once you beats. get like, like the day makes sense, right? Because that's based on, you know, actual science and like lunar shit. Sure. Yeah. Okay. There is, but, there is a day that occurs. Exactly. But once you start segmenting up the day, it becomes quite arbitrary. Yeah. So... Why not use something more logical like that? I've started to get way more into the metric system doing cooking. Um, and I got to say, like, wait. So everybody knows, like, you got to weigh stuff, like, fuck your cups and measurements and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm way more into the gram than the ounce because the gram is so much more precise. Yeah. Like, example, I just got a new coffee maker. And through reading their manual and experimenting, I know that 56 grams of coffee is the amount of coffee I need for my eight ounce coffee or my eight cup coffee machine. Boom. But then, so do you weigh your coffee every morning? Yes, I do. Yeah. See, that's hard because, like, if you have a scoop that is just one thing to use, like, or like a cup or whatever before you're grinding your beans. Um, but, you know, when it, you... It is like, absolutely it is just a, a little bit more. Thing, right? right. So, but what you could do is like, I, be if more I could have visual a scale, about it. Like, take, if, take some sort of cup you're going to use mm-hmm. and then... You know, zero out the thing, put 56 grams of coffee in that, and look at how much that is. And now in the future, like, I wouldn't have to measure that. I would like, oh, no, okay, it's... Okay, so you, you've kind of gotten it down to a science, or you've gotten it down to a, um, like, relative amount that is close to 56 grams, and it's okay if you're not exact. Well... No, it's not okay. I, I, I brought that up as a theoretical way that I could <laughs> okay. make my life easier in the morning. But that, that may be a way to do it, but I do not know. I can t- I measure it. And if I hit 57 grams, I will pull out a couple beans until it's at 56. Because I'm going to go to the effort to sure. measure. Why not get it exact? 
but Jay, if you're going to the effort to measure your beans, then why are you using a drip coffee maker? <clears throat> so I just bought a uh, brand. So that's a great question. Mm -hmm. uh, so the reason this all came about is our old coffee maker died. Like it stopped working. So we talked about different ways and it, it, I still think it makes sense to use a drip coffee maker just because of the quantity we need and the vast differences in carry in my schedule. Sure. So, um, I went and researched and bought a very expensive one, the Bonavita eight cup coffee maker, which, uh, consumer reports cooks illustrated and sweet home all agree is the best. So I okay. felt very confident buying that. And then I went and bought a burr grinder, the, uh, Barazza conical burr grinder they've talked about on tested yeah before as like oh, yeah a, i recognize this coffee maker yep yeah exactly that's the one they see mm. so yeah and, and you probably see recommended the burr uh Barazza. like in between like the shitty krups ones and also the psycho like 400 dollar grinders mm -hmm. um it gives you some nice nice precision though it's still relatively manual yeah i so i use a um a hand like a manual grinder because it yeah. was like 30 bucks yes that is that is excellent choice except i'm making coffee for one and at most i'm ever making like 16 ounces of coffee <laughs> right so it's it's not too bad if you have to make coffee for two people and two people are drinking multiple no. cups then that becomes a problem i have i have said though that if i get a job or when i get a job if i get a job i will buy a burr grinder a, it's, pro it's, a proper burr grinder it's super nice and like the different settings so i've used so i've got it set on about the medium grind mm -hmm. i think it's like level 20 for um it's what they recommend for drip coffee machines which already is way finer than i was grinding my coffee before yeah but i can go even finer for like the aeropress or all the way coarse when i do french press and already I'm noticing a big difference in the coffee. I actually think the difference in the coffee comes not only from this, but also from the much better um, coffee maker. The mm -hmm. reason they recommend it is that it the water is hotter than most coffee machines, and the temperature also stays way more consistent. Um, and I bought the one with the thermal carafe as opposed to the glass carafe with the heating element under it. Right. So if, I'm not constantly like cooking my coffee like again and again and again. Yeah, that makes and, a whole lot of sense. And already like from the first go, I was like, yeah, this coffee is much smoother and less like bitter and acidic than our old coffee maker. And our old coffee maker wasn't like a whole a piece of shit. It was a Cuisinart like nicer model, but it still just is not did not do a very good job. Jay, you didn't have a food coffee maker. You had a food processor. A food processor. <laughs> You just put your beans and water in the food processor and pressed blend. Yeah, well, that and then, yeah, you got Heat like them up a on coffee, the stove. I got a coffee slurry. Yeah. And uh, that and was too bad. Strain it through a fine mesh basket. You're good to go. But this isn't a po coffee podcast. Not yet. It could be. It's a low score podcast. It's uh, episode 109. Big episode 109. Bobby and Jay. Bobby, you're over there. <sighs> Jay, you're over there. We did a little testing, and apparently the all threes format was not going to fly, so we're back to regular ass episodes. I guess. Uh, yeah. We tried. Um, we tried. Uh, the war on threes uh, won, as we mentioned before. All kinds of threes clones coming out. Um, even some friends of the show, good friends of the show, I've seen jump on the threes clone bandwagon. Not okay. Uh, not okay. Uh, threes is coming to Android. Threes which is on Android. It's on. It's on Android. It's here. It's here to stay. Which, you know, might ruin some of the purity of the original game. I will tell you, <laughs> threes on Android is is strange for me because you know every iPhone has or 
having played three and seen it only on iPhones, it all has the same color, but the colors, like the, the, the saturation or something of the colors of the threes on my Android device is way different because of the model of phone that I have. Interesting. It's like, it's like a really bright pink as opposed to a muted pink. And I don't like it as much. I wonder. So obviously that phone is much newer. So I would expect it to have a better screen. Um, but e- even, even when I see people who have, uh, you know, iPhone five S's or iPhone fives who are playing it that had the same color, consistently between okay. pieces of oh, hardware interesting then. this is an oled screen that might have something to do with it ah yep i'm not sure um anyway yeah i i did play a little bit of it the thing that sucks is that no one else i know has an android device or not no one else very few people i know have android devices and that means that there's no meaningful uh leaderboards using game center like on the iphone oh right and so what's the point? Yeah, if you right. can't compare your threes, how's yeah. your threes? How's your threes? Threes is not so good, Jay. No, oh, dang. So before the last podcast, I had had held the record of our friends at like 10,000 or something, and I've never beaten that score. Nope. And never. I doubled that score. Yep. The one Which, I, to be fair, like you doubled that score by matching. I got one more, one more piece. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you and I just looked at it. I was like, I'm just not going to do any better than this. I think I'm done. So. I retired my threes, threesing until they it came out on Android just to to muck with it. I'm trying to find the damn leaderboard here because I actually haven't I actually haven't played. I haven't gotten a great score in threes in a while, so I want to mm-hmm. see if I'm still at the top of my friends list. The no, leader- Andy beat me. Son of a bitch. Oh, what did he get? Twenty three thousand. Mm. I got, I have twenty. Did you see that? I, I assume you saw that. The uh, statistics that the Threes company released, whoever makes Threes. That was cool, yeah. They did like a whole, you know, little PDF visualization of all sorts of Threes data, including, you know, what percentage of players got get to certain scores and like how often it's been, or who's playing it where, how many hours they're playing it. China, 93% of people in China have pirated Threes. <laughs> That's good for you, China. Keep, keeping it, keeping it, uh... Which surprise? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that a place like that is outside of where the thing is being made would be more inclined to pirate it, especially in China, where they have all sorts of strange, crazy restrictions on, you know, what you exactly to. and like working around stuff is just a fact of life, right? But the fact that that number is so high in comparison to other places, or I should say, I'm surprised that that the piracy numbers are lower elsewhere. <laughs> Like, I would expect more people in general, uh, broadly, to have pirated this stuff, which I'm happy because it's good that people are actually paying for things. You should pay for stuff. You should buy things. When you like things, you should pay for them, and then they'll make more things. Yeah. So. That's my threeses. Hey, Jay, how's your GDC? Uh, My GDC is actually on a train right now. Uh-huh. A cross-country train. Oh, God. This is the most efficient way to get to San Francisco for GDC. I, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be great. You know, I'm going to uh, show off my new uh, app. You're on the train jam? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the train jam idea, like, it's it seems cute, right? Like, the idea that most people are going to get together, take a cross-country tra- train journey to GDC, and make a game on the way. I, like, that is kind of neat. But the... The earnestness with which it is pursued, Oof. that's what bothers me. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're doing something ridiculously dumb. Like, Right. You need to embrace that it's a, it's a silly thing to do and right. roll with that. Yeah. Which, to some extent, I, I mean, I don't know what they're 
working on on the trains i haven't heard any updates since the fact that it was people were saying hey we're gonna do this train jam um so maybe it maybe it will be super dumb but uh i, I don't know not dumb enough for me hey jay hey man how's your orange juice <laughs> i'm drinking a lot of orange juice okay so tell me about your orange juice because I, I kind of cut you off as you were talking about it before the show that's okay I wanted to save this important orange juice material um what kind of orange juice do you buy? Where do you buy it? What quantity do you buy it and drink it in? Mm-hmm. I've been buying largely Trader Joe's orange juice. Okay, the one hundred percent Florida yep. orange juice. Yep, exactly. Yep, um, it's solid. It's inexpensive, and it's really delicious. I had been buying it because I had been um, I'd been making some like fruit smoothies in the morning, and I liked the little bit of acidity to like help like break down some of the frozen fruit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just had a bunch of orange juice because I didn't eat a lot, so I just always had orange juice around. And I was like, pour a cup of it in the morning. She'd be like, yeah, whatever, fucking orange juice. I'm like, man, orange juice, still getting it done after all these years. And it's, it's funny because orange juice, when you drink like a little glass of orange juice, you feel like you've done something oh, immeasurably good for your body. I completely right? agree, 100%. You're like, this is a magic pill. This is fucking, this is a natural magic pill. Screw all your super fruit. I'm I'm not going to get a, a cold. I'm going to get hydrated vitamin right. C. It's good for me. Like, I'm ready to go. for. If I drink this thing, I'm ready to go for the day. Right. It's like I'm going to eat six butter croissants <laughs> yes. and, and a cinnamon roll, but I'm also going to drink four ounces of orange juice and everything is okay. Yeah, I like keeping that orange juice on hand specifically for like cocktails. That's why I had it sure. originally because, you know, I don't drink a whole lot of juice. And for mm-hmm. a while we were drinking like the Trop 50, which is like half orange juice, half artificial Ugh, sweetener. Gross. That shit is so gross. And and it took me a while, but yeah, that stuff is really nasty. I've like, never had the orange variety, but like um, my mom was really into like the cranberry varietals of it, oh, like yeah. the 50 cran grape or whatever. And I'm not, I like cranberry juice. A cran grape is quite good. That stuff just tastes awful. Yep. I can't yeah. do it. You know, I would rather have four ounces of real orange juice than you know 12 ounces of fake orange juice it's good man it's just fruit it's fruit fruit juice you know what i've never liked smoothies you mentioned smoothies Mm -hmm. in my entire life don't like a smoothie i'm all right on a smoothie like uh i've been doing a lot of blueberry and banana that's really delicious yeah those i like those flavors but i just don't want to drink them yeah they're i don't know if it's my favorite thing in the world but they're incredibly efficient like uh I can I can blend that up and take it in the car and that will keep me going till lunch. So I like the I like the convenience of it. Sure. Um I eat oatmeal almost every morning. Oh, that's a great choice. I've I've figured out how to make um really good uh the like steel cut oatmeal in my rice cooker. Ooh. And that has changed my life because then now it's just I have the like nice Zojirushi like it will figure out when stuff is done like mm-hmm. no timer needed and if I like screw it up because that was a problem because I was making I could make it pretty well on the stovetop but I would forget and it would overboil and screw up and I'm like oh this is all dry I need to add more milk crap now I can just let it go and it will just sit there and heat up that makes sense I yeah can- I, I buy the Trader Joe's like quick cooking Irish or steel cut oats or whatever they are so those are good. Yeah, they cook quickly. I, you know, ten minutes on the stove tops, if Perfect. that even. Um, so I can like get that started. Then I go 
start fixing my coffee, come back to it, throw a couple berries in there, maybe a little maple syrup or some brown sugar. That's good. Raisins. Big so, raisin fan. Big raisin fan. Raisins underrated. Have you seen the uh, this new Special K breakfast thing? They nope. call it Special K Nourish. And it's like an oatmeal type thing to go, except it's oatmeal and whole grain barley, whole grain wheat, and quinoa. Okay. And then like so they're just like doubling down on any like fad, right? So (laughs) in the commercial, the woman takes a bite of it and goes, "Mm, "I can really taste the quinoa." (laughs) You can't fucking taste the quinoa. So Meg's bought some of this stuff. She does not like oatmeal, by the way. So this is, you know, it's it's a little cup. You kind of do cup noodle style or like instant oatmeal in a cup yep, style. I'm, you, I'm on it right now. It says hot cereal on it. Yeah. You pour the water in there. You let it sit with the, the lid on and you, you mix it up. And then you can oh, there's mix, like, like, hold on. There's separate compartments for the like barley and quinoa nuts and like raisins on top. It looks like. Okay. So here's how it works. Inside is all of the grains and on top, kind of like the mix-ins for a yogurt like under the lid, but between the foil and the lid, there's separate right. compartments for the nuts and the raisins. I don't know why the separate. nuts. Okay. Like, if if you have a nut allergy that you need to keep those things separate, you're probably not buying this anyway, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, oh, I don't like nuts, so I'm just gonna try the raisins. They give you like six raisins, by the way. Ugh. So she. Made I think it... I I think all of these things are always like a total rip off. Yeah. Like pain in the butt. It's it's so bad. So she made it this morning, and does this woman does not like oatmeal. She doesn't like hot cereal. She doesn't like mushy things. She doesn't like soups. Why did she buy this then? Just, you know, the commercials. She tastes oh, like so, oh, damn it. God she, damn it. She, she mixed it up and I'm watching her and she puts the spoon. And before the spoon even gets to her face, she starts making the face that like a baby makes when it's about to eat something bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like oh, reluctantly like puts it in her mouth. And like, you could just see like, it's like a child coming to like, like squash or something with like a weird texture and she's like nope she did not like it so i offered to finish it off for her uh it's not good no how would it be i mean like the the base premises of it is fine it's a hot cereal made of whole grains various whole grains with some mix-ins right like it's got cane cane sugar syrup in it or whatever instead of high fructose like it's, it's fine but it's like four bucks for two of them. It's like and it, two, it, two dollars a breakfast. What? That, that to me, it just seems like you're over engineering, like the problem. Yeah. It's just like you know what? Oatmeal not hard to make. Dried fruit and nuts don't really go bad very fast. So nope. keeping that around also not hard. Like it, it's the convenience of having all this stuff on the go. But the marketing of hey, you know what? Get up ten minutes earlier. You're yeah. being an adult. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Make your goddamn breakfast. Uh huh. <laughs> so sometimes we play video games as well as making breakfast. I actually played a lot of video games. Well, you've had a month, so it's pretty good that you did. I played a handful, not as much. Um, so why don't you start out with uh, Uncharted Two? Okay, so I will. Last week, last not last, last month, month, last podcast, I just finished Uncharted. Had a lot to say about that. Kind of cautiously optimistic. Um, I played Uncharted 2 over the course of last month. Uh, and I will say, my experience playing Uncharted 2 in 2014 was not all that good. Man, this that, that bums me out. And I kept... So, as I was playing it, 
I kept trying to think like, all right, everybody universally loved this game five years ago. Yes. So what about, so, so what about it has changed? Like, why aren't I enjoying it? So let's talk about my feelings on it and we can kind of analyze as we went on. I was trying to think if I was reviewing this for giant bomb, I would either give it two or three stars. Whoa. Two, two is a bad game. This is not a bad (sighs) game. Three star, well, like a middling game at this point. Maybe I could see that. Well, but- the problem is it's not. So I, there are things about this game that I think are really fantastic. And there are things about this game that I think are terrible. Like is not at all fun. Oof. There wasn't much in the middle for me. Like there wasn't a lot that I was like, this is okay. Um, I think I might lean towards a three. Okay. I, could, I can accept that at least. I'm not happy about it, but I can accept that. So the first third of the game... I thought it was just kind of boring. I thought it, I thought it was honestly a, Uncharted One that looked much much better. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't all that difficult. I was still in the jungle shooting dudes. Um, it it I was like okay, this is oh this is fine. Still some of the same problems. I think the biggest disappointment to me between Uncharted One and Uncharted Two is how broken the combat still is. There are things I will complain about, like how enemies take too much damage. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I think that is a design choice for the series, though. But there are mechanically things about the combat that are really bad. For example. For example. Enemies will, like, be running towards something and you'll shoot them and it will trigger another chain, like, animation and will, like, start running the other direction. And the, like, animation canceling some themselves out will cause them to, like, jump, like, a couple inches or so to the left or right. Like, literally disappear and reappear. That, hap- that happened constantly. Wow, I don't remember that at all. That was just like, what the hell is going on? And the game runs smooth as silk. So it's not like the game's hiccuping or something. Yeah. And I was like, that that's really frustrating. Because, like, I, I really felt all the time, like, okay, I'm just I'm just missing them. Um, the, the PlayStation three controller is just terrible. Like it does not have the precision I need to execute the shooting that the game is requiring. Totally. Those sticks are just not meant for shooters. <sighs> I had to turn the sensitivity down just like uncharted all the way. And that helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was better than uncharted, but I still felt the same thing where last time I talked about how they did a bad job covering up spawn points or like like I'm, I move past this wall and then instantly it triggers people that seemed a little better, but, but still kept happening. Like I could exploit it. Um, I didn't feel like the weapon variety was very interesting that, um, they give you more ammo than uncharted. Like that wasn't a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was fine, I guess. But yeah, the- I still, I still felt like it was really, like really boring at times unfair and kind of broken. Like, like it, it, it felt unpolished for, for a game that on the edges is chock full of polish and, and a high level of presentation. I, I could not believe that they had effectively play tested some of the mechanics and some of the scenarios that they put you in. I was like, this is asking too much of the player, like through their patience. I don't know why you would build stuff like this yeah yeah and like we talked about uh, off the air 
I wonder how much of that is five years ago that would have been acceptable as a you know cover based shooter that was not Gears of War because there right. wasn't a lot competing for like that level of balance. And- and I had to wonder about that because let's talk about the good things of the game. So even five years later, this game looks really incredible. Um, graphically, the game looks very good, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I was surprised how good it still looked even compared to, like, the best-looking last-generation game. So that would be, like, Last of Us, Bioshock Infinite. Um it still really, really holds up. The art design is fantastic, especially, I think, once you get to the snow um, and later levels. Mm-hmm. That stuff really stands out, especially much, much more than Uncharted, which very, which looked like an older game. Um, the art design is really great. Like, the underground tombs and were really beautiful. Like, all these, like, ornate sculptures built into the wall stuff you're pulling that would cause, you know, different pieces of the tomb to transform. That was all super awesome. Um, the much toted like train sequence, I think is still incredibly impressive. Like when, when you like are thinking about it, like I'm jumping from train car to train car and the train cars are blowing up behind me. Mm-hmm. Yet there's this like massive expanse in the background and the background keeps changing as I'm going. Like, like that's how you get from the tropical levels to the, snow levels and you go through a big tunnel at some point and you're hanging off the wall and going from train car to train car like all that stuff is incredible but it's still maligned by like most of the action in that sequence is me like is cover-based shooting that is bad like that's yeah that's that's a fair assessment of it and even my memory of it was you know like the high action cinematic type things that were going on was surrounded by like, oh, like tap on the trigger button, the incorrect trigger button. (laughs) I feel like if the combat was just boring, it would have been a much better game if I Mm -hmm. could have just breezed by it. And maybe I should have just put it on easy or something. Um, But I did did finish the game. I finished it on normal. Um, But figuring out what to do is never a problem. Um, Oh, actually, that's, that's that's not necessarily true. I actually felt like this game did a much worse job even than the first Uncharted, but especially when compared to like Assassin's Creed of like, when I'm hanging on a ledge, where do I jump to next? Hmm. I felt like I often was not entirely like, sure. Like does, it was not immediately apparent. Does, don't the blocks that you can grab onto like shimmer? Like- no, sometimes. So in the first game, like poles you could climb on were always yellow mm-hmm. and the camera was like very, aggressive about pointing towards where you need to jump sure here i was never quite clear about where i needed to go like i I didn't feel like there were jumps like big long jumps i could make and jumps i couldn't and it i was never really sure uh, like super confident when i was gonna jump like am i just gonna die or is this gonna work like oh I, i can't believe that worked okay or like that makes no sense that looked plenty close um I had some problems like that that I found frustrating, like traversing around. Um, and and I just thought, especially at the end of the game, they introduce new types of enemies that just sop up bullets. To, and, and again, I don't want to necessarily keep harping on the point because that just seems like this is a design choice that Uncharted people made. Like all of the enemies take a lot of bullets to go down. Right. Okay. But they'll introduce this type of enemy that takes. I would like. 50 or 60 rounds of an AK-47. Like, which, which enemy? several clips. What enemies? The big blue guys. Oh, 
Yeah, but those are kind of like like sub boss style. Yeah. Right. Yes, it's, they it's, are. It's different than you know the when there's a bunch of like dudes running at you, and some of them are in armor, and some of them aren't. Oh, and that's the worst. The, when you've got to grenade them, and if you yeah. don't have a grenade, I don't know what you do. Yeah, the armor guys suck. So, you know. It, the thing that about the blue guys in particular that sucks is that the shooting isn't great to begin with, so that you're doing so much of it while like kind of running backwards and avoiding right. dropping because they're like, that's they're bad. super aggressive and very strong with the like crossbow, like one hit and you're die. Mm-hmm. So you have to like put yourself in cover. And can you it, crossbow them back? You can't. So if you kill one, you can get their crossbow, and that takes far less hits to take them down. Yeah, I think that's what I did. So that that is definitely a good strategy, but you have to take at least one of them down because there aren't crossbows lying around. Right, sure. And if you miss with the crossbow, because you only get like three shots, you're kind of screwed again. Mm-hmm. So, but that does help. You can pick those up. Um, I just, I was just kind of like most of the time I was playing Uncharted, I was very frustrated and not having a lot of fun. There were glimmers of impressive design and cool stuff and the stuff that stands out like like stands out as impressive and unique even even now like even not giving it the credit of being a five-year-old game so there's moments like that where you're like man this is this really looks cool um nathan drake like it was interesting playing one and two back to back because nathan drake becomes like a real character who is funny and likable in two as opposed to being kind of generic and not memorable in uncharted yeah exactly um, so that was neat. Uh, I don't know. Like, I would be curious. People who played Uncharted Two back in the day, like, fire it up again. I, man, oh man! I would, I, you know, I would be curious as well, and I would certainly, if if I had some time, uh, like to do that and and compare my, you know, experiences with it back then. And remember, I played Uncharted Two before I played Uncharted. So I played Uncharted Two and then Uncharted. I liked. Weird... I was way less frustrated playing Uncharted One than Uncharted Two. That's interesting. Like my overall time was more enjoyable with Uncharted. Now Uncharted didn't have the like visual mm-hmm. impression. I just thought Uncharted One felt like a kind of a ho hum, decent. Oh, okay, they're doing some interesting things with climbing here. Oh, this right. combat's a little stupid, but it it didn't push itself as much. Will you play Uncharted Three? I kind of want to, yeah. just to like have the experience uh, it'll be a little bit at this that's, point that's, i mean that's fair because the but other I'm game just on like, your list here is, is much in the same vein and no kidding hard that you played these two games basically oh, side by side i know i think i did i did myself a real disservice we'll get to that in a second but yeah, yeah. yeah i kind of like there were times i i rage quit uncharted 2 once or twice and i had a real moment myself. i'm like you are beating this game i was like you are beating this game you are beating this game on normal with no help because if you're going to go out and say bad things about this game you need to fucking do your homework like mm-hmm. like you, you're gonna do this and then i was like i'm gonna fucking beat the whole trilogy fuck this fuck everybody i'm gonna do this although i'm kind of thinking i should play infamous now since the new one's coming out I'm like I could buy the new one. Maybe I should play that. I'm just going to play all of the PlayStation Three games. I guess is my. Is you bought a PlayStation say. Three. Might as well, right? I bought one, and these games were cheap. So, <laughs> yeah. super uh, cheap. Super cheap. And they get cheaper. I pay. so what's funny is uh, Uncharted was ten, Uncharted Two was six, and Uncharted Three, of course, is free because <laughs> PlayStation Plus. Game. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So yeah, I, I think I'd like to finish out the trilogy. I think especially since that new one's coming. Mm-hmm. Um. I hope I hope they've learned a lot 
because even like Last of Us is is a better game, and the the combat scenarios are just much better, but the shooting's still not great mm. in Last of Us. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's a control issue. PlayStation Four controller rules. Um, and the game I think that Naughty Dog should be playing as they think about how they're going to reboot the Uncharted franchise. Yes, is Tomb Raider. Yeah. Tomb Raider is one of the best third-person action games I've ever played. You know, it was so surprising to hear you say this because you know, I remember people liking the game when it came out and it being um, like relatively well-reviewed. But most of the discussion around Tomb Raider was about like the characterization of Laura Croft and what it meant to try to like reimagine, you know, this uh, woman in the scenario and the talk around when they first were starting to like advertise the game, like, Oh, she's going to be really vulnerable. And then you come in, and, you know, you, so, you make her this. So that, that was like my impression entirely of the game was all based on that and had nothing to do with the actual gameplay. Me too. And here's what I think is interesting about that. I didn't find any of that true at all. Yeah. Like the fact that she's like really vulnerable and over the course of the game gets stronger. I'm like, no, I didn't see any. Like there were no parts of the game where she's like, uh, I mean, so you crash land on an island and Laura Croft is a pretty rough time of things, but not in like in a, in a special way. Like she feels like she needs to pull herself up by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. She's pretty good at shooting things with a bow and arrow yeah. from and the get go. And that's one of those things where if you play the game without having memory of that kind of stuff or uh, just having not experienced any of that kind of stuff, it would seem to be an entirely different experience. It's like they, you know, they set you up outside of the game for an expectation. And a lot of reviewers who went into playing that game, could not separate themselves from that expectation. I agree. And it almost like, I don't know if it just unfairly colored their responses or kind of tends them to lack credibility. Cause I'm like playing this game, like with that memory, like being like, this is totally fine. I actually think this is a really fair, like the, represent Like they don't really like, it's kind of irrelevant that you are a lady character. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Jay, keep talking because I am running low on disc space and I need to delete something quickly. Okay, go for it. No, well, I'll talk a lot about Tomb Raider. Yeah, talk um, so about I, Tomb Raider. I, I bought this game on Impulse. They, uh, I played the PlayStation Four version. They, um, when it came out, there was uh, much made that the PC version was quite a bit better than the 360 and PlayStation Three version, at least in terms of visuals. So they put out a new version. I actually forget what it's called, like Ultimate Edition or something, on the uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. It was an Amazon deal of the day. I needed a PlayStation 4 game. So I was like, ah, I'll buy this. I heard this was really good. It, so uh, I think for the show, good friend of the show, Jimmy said, this feels like like a, a better Uncharted, like what Uncharted kind of wanted to be. In a lot of ways, I agree with that. The mm-hmm. tone is is darker um, in terms of like the, the story stuff you're you crash land on this island there's mysticism going on and tombs and whatnot and <laughs> there is I, mysticism kind of like all that like um what well, where uncharted 2 takes kind of a like indiana jones like like silly vibe to it yeah which i, I didn't dislike in any way this is way more of like a creepy island mystical stuff going on um there's a level of polish to this game that I don't feel like you see in any game. Even the very best of games, there's stuff you need to apologize for or jank that you have to deal with mm-hmm. or ways you have to learn to play the game. Again, at Uncharted, I felt like 
when I played the first one, I said I was frustrated with the combat until I learned how to play it. And then all of a sudden it kind of worked. And that's kind of the same with a lot of games. This game, I really felt like, oh, I can I can really play these scenarios however I want. Um, I'm given four different weapons that feel very different. They make it very easy to swap between them and give me a lot of reasons to use them or not like as I choose. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the differences between the bow and arrow, like the precision at which I could aim and headshot somebody was different than the like run and gun style of the pistol or the the close up damage I got with my shotgun or the like long range precision I could get with my rifle. Right. Like all of those felt very good. There was a really strong mix of um, full out shooting people combat scenarios, stealth scenarios that felt very doable and rewarding. And if you screwed up again, that transition from stealth to action combat was very good. And you could also like run and hide again and really use your environment well. Some of the puzzle solving mechanics were good. The lots of good reasons for retraversing areas for collectibles. There's these kind of optional tombs. Which are neat. They're like, um, you go underground and you'll find some cool area, and there's like one big puzzle you need to solve, and then you get a whole bunch of like money and kind XP of, and stuff. Kind of like the way that Assassin's Creed does those tunes. Yes, they they are, but they're much shorter. Okay, They'll, you'll like look at it, and you're like, there's one, there's one big puzzle, some wacky like Rube Goldberg device thing. Oh, I it's see. Like, so oh, it's okay. like it's kind of like one room that is. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, uh, and I kind of liked it because it was nice and tight. They were. A good level of challenge, but not like wildly impossible. Like good enough that you felt kind of smart when you solved it. Not as not as hard as those Skyrim puzzles. I was like, no, what? I have to turn these three this things. Is what? Right? Yeah. And eventually, I can get through. <laughs> just the controls are, were just rock fucking solid. Like uh, n- never did the game seem to get in the way of itself. Um, good solid length like a little bit longer than i think most games are but didn't overstay its welcome i was like sad when it ended i was like i want to do more stuff in fact once i realized i was at the end i'm like no i'm gonna go find more documents and stuff and try to get some of these trophies like um i fully upgraded everything and found all the optional tombs and that's super it's just it's just goddamn it it's not the world's most unique game in the world there's just a level of construction and design and polish that is like that, those aspects of it, you just want to be like, mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word perfect, but there's just not, there's not a lot of rough stuff around the edges. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of ways you could meaningfully improve the game. Um, it is just incredibly well executed and well designed. Have um, we, have we ever done a podcast where we go back and like redo top 10 lists for years based on the games that we played after those years? We haven't, but we should. I like, we I, should, I was like, I'd be interested uh, to know how this fits into. It would have to be on there. I I don't remember off the top of my hand, like what the lower level games on my list were, Mm -hmm. but something's got to go because it's one of the best games of last year. It's one of the best games of last generation, quite frankly, Um, or this one, I guess, wherever it fits. Um, It's free on PlayStation Plus this month. If you own that, I know you do. Um, I've not played the PlayStation 3 version, but for free, I would check it out. Same game. I think there's like some DLC stuff or whatever. I got bonus, but I don't, I don't know. I definitely, I hit the download button or the purchase Purchase for free button. So. If you don't make it through, you should try it out. I think within a couple hours, you'll be like, okay, yep, I get this. This is pretty this is pretty doggone impressive. Yeah, I have a bunch of games I need to play after I finish writing it's this just, it's just It's just so well made. It's so well scoped. Like every mechanic, like leveling up weapons, the number of weapons, the di- number of different types of enemies, all feel like just right. Like just enough customization 
just enough variety that's not overwhelming. Oh, cool. I really, I really like that game. Super. Good to hear. So I've been playing uh, another action third-person game. I've been continuing playing Black Flag. Okay, still the, still chugging along on the Black Flag. Assassin's Creed 4. I mean, I don't have much time to play games, so... So were you... One of the things that always surprises me, even having played every one of these damn things, those games are long. Very long. They are it, like 30-hour games, and, if and you're doing it right. I would say that with Black Flag, it would be even longer for me just because I enjoyed the naval combat so much. And Sure. You know, in the other Assassin's Creed games that I played, I didn't do a whole lot of the, like, side collecting things in in Age of the Cities. You know, looking for feathers or, um, what was it in 2? I don't remember. Whatever, like, the the little collectibles are. Whereas I find myself now, because the the little cities and towns, villages, whatever, in these games, in in Black Flag, are so compact... It makes it easier to like just run through, collect all the treasure chests, like get all the sea shanties, find the animus fragments. Like, Not to mention, you get that handy bar on the side you can trigger without going to a pause menu of here's how many of each item is left in this yeah, island. Yeah, that's super good. So, um, you know, I, I I do a lot of that stuff too when I go to a new place and try to clear it out. Now, I went around, I went around and, and, I, and I I had to look at a fact to do this, do this. But, until, but until I actually I found, found out that, that on the map, on the map it would say, I'm looking, I'm looking parts for parts of, of ship, my ship, the elite, the elite upgrades, upgrades, the plans, the plans. Um, um, which I found out, like some of the stuff is like a hidden treasure chest and there would be a plan in there. But like on the, the, the dives, the, the C-Rex or whatever, and there's the, like a dive, it will tell you on the map, like, elite plan part here if you go and you do that so i did a couple of those dives to like upgrade my hole and my uh my cannons um and i'll do a couple story missions and i don't i don't love those i'll go back to the sea and have fun but i'm just chunking along i don't even know where i am anymore i'm trying to remember the last thing that i did i got shipwrecked on an island that was one thing okay with with black bart yeah 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 um Something else, yeah. So just clean up that game. I, you know, I'm working on it. A couple hours, a couple hours a week. That's all I get for it. But I'm still enjoying it. So yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, again, I don't know how much more there is to say, but that that's a, an incredibly polished game as well. Um, I mean, there's definitely some weird stuff around the edges, but for that franchise, it seemed like ah, okay, yes, here is the meaningful new stuff I've been waiting for. Let's see. Oh, so also, I forgot to talk about this last time, but I did download uh, and try to play that Ollie Ollie game on the Vita, the skateboarding game. Yeah, you do talk about this, I think. Did I? Uh, we I, talked about it. I think maybe we talked about it. I don't think I ever talked about it in the podcast because I remember thinking, oh, shit, I missed that. Right. Um, so it was a Vita game that came out not too long ago. Like 10, Download only. Yeah, download only $15, $10, somewhere in there. Um, skateboarding game, kind of endless, not endless runner style, but like side scrolling, like moving quickly. And then you have to do combos and, you know, on these levels that are not randomly generated, but, um, you know, specifically designed. And I just wanted to say that there are a lot of people talking up how cool that game is. And I don't think it's very good. I think that. Uh oh. So they have, they have two kinds of mechanics they have for landing there is the like land and grind on something mechanic which that's you hold a button and that's totally fine but there's also a like you have to hold the down you have to hold down to 
land on the ground Hmm. or else your trick doesn't count. And so it becomes not a game of doing like these really cool combos and, and, you know, button combinations, but rather like a super timing based, not rhythm game, but like precision timing based uh, button presses. And it's just not that much fun as a result. And I find it like really confusing. Like, when do I press? Okay, I want to press this button. No, my muscle memory maybe press this land button instead of this other land button. And um, I don't know. I was kind of bummed that I spent $12 on it. Yeah. So, that's Ollie Ollie. Uh, thing that I'm not bummed that I spent some money on was Jazz Punk. Yeah. So you talked up Jazz Punk last oh, episode. So good. It's so good. I've played, I've played a bit of it. Maybe a couple an hour or so a little more than an hour um I'm, right. at, I'm at the beach like the seaside village uh-huh fuck man this game is totally awesome <laughs> it's so good and it's weird because this game is the same exact type of thing like first person adventuring game that gone home is i don't yep it's right? ex- this is exactly what i'm saying it's the exact same thing and of course i like, gone home because it deals with like real issues of people like, ah, appeals to your emotions, and it seems like it's right. mature. But this game, man, this game is so really cool. The promise of this type of game is so exciting to me. They're just, like, walking around, doing random shit. Yeah. And and it appeals to me in a way that uh, point-and-click type adventures or, like, you know, if you want to call them, like, still-seen adventures that you get to walk around are not. Because they're in a 3D environment, you there's like no pixel hunting. The puzzles are a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Like you're just kind of like walking around looking for things um, and, and, and encountering strange, strange things along the way. It's sense of humor is like superb. The um, presentation, like the words on people is so great. Yeah. Like the look of it is so outstanding. So I, I don't know if you described how it looked last time, but just like, just as a reminder, all the characters in the world basically look like they are like 3d extracted um, like symbols from like the men's and women's bathroom. Like that is yes. kind of the shape. Yeah. And they have, you know, some of them are more elaborately dressed and, you know, some of them are just kind of like black outlines to show that you're not supposed to interact with those things. Um, it starts off with like this weird sixties spy thriller, big, like Saul Bass inspired, yeah. like, like, Oh, the, Oh, I can watch that opening all day. Uh, it's Music's super- great. The visuals are great. And and its sense of humor is actually kind of original. Like I don't feel like it's mm-hmm. relying on, you know, internet jokes or uh, it. It was crafted by writers who have a unique style. And I Agreed. was I, I was not surprised when I saw that it was published by Adult Swim Games. Like okay, the, right. Those are the type of people that would appreciate this this level of weirdness. So one of the, my favorite things that happened so far is in the second stage, like you go into the sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you do the sushi restaurant thing and you come out of the sushi restaurant and there's like agents around who are looking to stop you. And in the, in the environment, in the way that they normally do, like the words pop up, like, like escape to the Metro or something like that. So you have to like run back through the stage. And usually like when there are words in the environments like that, you just pass through them, but you like run forward and you like shatter the words They like fall to the ground, all the letters, <laughs> like as if it was a physical thing. So good. It's like, man, like these people know what, what it takes to make good humor work in a video game it is it is one of the funniest games i've ever played and also like introduce patterns and then break that pattern yeah exactly for comedic effect yeah totally um 
it's it's kind of how to do how to do funny in video games so jazz punk i'm i'm super hyped about i need to continue on so if i'm at the beach how much more do i have to go i halfway through more than halfway through you are roughly halfway through okay because i think the beach is the last big level but Mm. it's the biggest level and then there's like a kind of a not epilogue level but like a final type of like weird shit gets weird after the beach (laughs) even weirder Canada. yep uh and i also need to i need to go back and replay some of the first level because i did not do all the little side missions there oh yeah oh you those are so essential like i did i did a bunch of them um i'm trying to think which one i don't know anyway so i, I did, did a bunch you of did you find the macguffin i did not find the macguffin oh uh, you gotta find it i know yeah i was i got confused because i looked for, i was looking for something and i'd like ended up on a tail i was like maybe i need to go inside the like the consulate or embassy or whatever to like figure out the next clue. And then I figured it found out that I was just going to the next level. So I need to go back. I would not have proceeded had I known that it would have taken me to the next level, but uh, yeah, I'll need to go back and do some of that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Actually. Yeah. You're about halfway. Cause I, there's a, there is another level after the beach The guy and makes, the, like the whole resort area. The guy takes three pigeons and puts them in a microwave and they come out as a pot pie. Yep. And then you just put it in his face. You <laughs> put it in his face. And then all the birds come. Uh, superb. Jazz punk. This, this grandma's secret recipe. Highly high. His Meemaw's secret recipe. Meemaw's. That's right. Did you, uh, did you help the frog out? Yes. Yeah. That's great. That, that was super cool. I was like, wow, turning into frog fractions. Uh, have you, in, have you interacted with the turtle on the, on the beach? <laughs> yes <laughs> at first because you're like you just like you, you know the way of interacting with the world is like you either use an item or you press like e to interact right mm-hmm. and so when i interacted with the turtle it like that happened i was like what huh where did all that stuff oh oh i get it i get it that's funny and you get the same like bow yeah sound. yeah there's a stinger sound effect man jazz punk is fucking phenomenal i had i did not understand when you explained it last time but i'm so wondering. good everybody should buy jazz punk Speaking of funny games. Uh-huh. Oh, I played, um, I'm in the middle of South Park, the Stick of Truth. Hey. Which is delightful. Uh, a random thing to or a uh, perhaps inappropriate thing to say for a foul um, humor game. But uh, it is an RPG from Obsidian that is not hella broken. Okay. So, so Obsidian good. made KOTOR 2. Kotor Two, Neverwinter Nights Two, Fallout New Vegas. So they were known; they're the the sequel RPGers, exactly. Yeah. Um, known for doing not as good of a job as uh, <laughs> as Bioware or Bethesda, um, and making games that are kind of broken. Kotor Kotor Two is fine. Kotor Two is fine. Kotor Two was not kind of broken, but it was not as good as Kotor One. Yeah, of course not. Fallout New Vegas was hella broken and not as good as Fallout Three. Yeah. Um, number one, it's two is kind of broken. Not as good as number one, it's one. So the thing I'm hearing about South Park is stick of truth is that it is a game for people who have a fondness for South Park, at least have had a fondness for South Park at some point. So here's what I would say. If you do not like South Park, you shouldn't play this game. I don't know if you need to be a South Park Uber fan. It helps because there's a lot of in jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say like, I was really big into South Park when it came out. And if it's on, I, I watch it and continue to enjoy it, but I have not watched, I've not sat there and like watched every episode or, or kept up with it very sure. well. Um, 
But I, you know, if you if you're offended by South Park, stay away. But you also don't need to be the world's biggest South Park fan to get something out of this game because it is f- certainly for South Park fans. It is also for video game fans because there are a lot of video game related jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I was just in an area where there's a bunch of audio logs sitting around. It's the only place in the game where there are audio logs. And they're like meta in-game jokes about audio logs. Like all the audio logs are like, why am I sitting here recording into this gigantic tape player while I'm about to get killed? <laughs> or And then he'll be like, these audio logs are really stupid, but I heard this one that some woman recorded and said that the passcode on her locker was 7477. That was really cool because I didn't know the passcode before and I couldn't open it up. But then when I got there and opened it up, it was just some like mediocre item that I didn't need. Okay. Like that's the that's the audio log. You're like, okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, audio log jokes. You have uh, you have the equivalent of Skyrim shout powers, but they are farts. And <laughs> sorry, I did not mean to laugh at that. I'm a grown up. I don't laugh at farts. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's kind of funny. Yeah. See, this is this is the kind of humor they're going for, and uh, like during the tutorial, you're so good at farting and like cupping your farts and throwing it. To interact with the environment or take out enemies, like Cartman refers to you as the Dragonborn, like like very explicitly, <laughs> uh, like like no pulling no. Who do you play as in the game? You're okay. This is a great question. You are the new kid. Okay. So you are a new kid in South Park. You don't talk like because you're the main character in an RPG, sure. which becomes like a story point. Like your parents make some weird, vague references to you had to like leave where you are to come to this quiet mountain town. Um, you get captured and they're like, this guy won't talk. He thinks he's better than all that. Uh, characters. So they'll, characters will try to talk to you, but you, you don't respond and they'll make, make references to that. Do you get to customize your character in a South oh, Park yeah. creator? Bef- yes. Okay. Yes, you do for uh, every, and it, it like goes beyond that. So you, your head is obviously, a, you don't characterize your head or your body, but you pick your skin tone and what your clothes look like and your hair. But none of that matters because you get thousands and th- not thousands, but like, Dozens and dozens of wigs and makeup and hair, like uh, facial stuff and, and earrings and, and things to customize. And then there's constantly, you're just constantly getting new armor and weapons and stuff. Um, and like you also get dyes like to change the look of the armor that you get. Oh, like, like tie dye, not like, like tie dyes, not dice. Okay. So, your 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 look is constantly in flux. I don't even remember what hair I picked for my guy because I'm I'm constantly wearing like a dumb surfer wig. I think I have an emo wig on now. Um, to recruit the emo kids who are smoking in the back of school, you have to dress like an emo kid and acquire cigarettes so they will trust you and join you. That sounds all right. Um, it's super silly. The combat's pretty fun. It's it's a combination of um. Paper Mario and Costume Quest. That's a good combination. It's a really good combination. Like, timing-based attacks. Very silly. You have two characters. It's you and then, like, a rotating, like, side buddy. Um, so, like, either Butters or Kenny, later Stan or Kyle. Um, no, Stan or um, Jimmy. Jimmy is a bard. Uh, <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. Uh, you, uh, Timmy runs the fast travel stations. So whenever you go to the fast travel flag, like Timmy shows up in like a chariot. Um, <laughs> Come on, catch it's a ride. Weird. You're like role playing within the role playing game, so you're in like regular ass South Park. Sure. 
And Cartman leads this. He's the Kingdom of Koopa Keep, the humans, or the KKK. And they are <laughs> at war with uh, Kyle's faction, who are elves. And you are both. they are both factions are after the Stick of Truth, which is just a normal stick. But it lets the wielder have infinite power over the universe. Oh, okay. But, it, but not really. I mean, it's all, like, made up and silly. But when you go into battles, they're, like, real battles. Um. You you reset after every battle with full health and magic, so it's kind of to your benefit to f- fully exhaust all your magic and abilities and stuff like that. Um, and they make your turns faster, too, because you can use an item and attack within the same turn. So they're very much about, like, let's just speed up these battles. Like, like we're kind of solving the problem with only having two people to, like, give you extra stuff to do each turn. Mm-hmm. Um, that all feels very good. Um, so, so far I'm, I'm a little over a third of the way through, um, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It seems funny and really, really well-made like these pe like with, uh, with the same fondness that, uh, like why, why is the South Park movie a musical? The, the guys I think have a really unironic love for musical theater. So I think in the same vein, why is this like this complex RPG by people who have made big complex RPGs? They're like, we really like Skyrim and we like want to make a game that like plays sort of like that mm-hmm. with the same level of polish, but also is like our voice and stuff. So, the, yeah, that sounds really cool. It seem, it's, sounds to me like the game type of game that I would like to watch someone play. Like if I could be sitting on the couch, like watching you play that. Yep. I would be way into it. I don't think I'm, you know, I'll seek it out myself. Um, just cause I don't have that real fondness for South park. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, would be a good reason to go to it or to like prioritize it instead of other games. So what- yes. And you would definitely get way more out of it for like, there's, there's already a couple references. I'm like, I don't really get that. Or I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Not like it's unfunny. I'm just like, ah, they're clearly, they must that's so random they must be pointing at something sure because there's plenty i do like uh there's 30 chin pokemon or throughout the game see uh, chin pokemon that's i remember that that's from chin pokemon I like, old, super old school yeah. yeah and like the aliens from the pilot are back um and uh whenever you find a chin pokemon like it plays the guitar so like chin pokemon <laughs> which is always funny i prefer uh, wild wacky action bike yeah, Wild Wacky Action Bike is in the game. So there's you get junk items that you just sell for money, mm-hmm. and they're all little references like that. So Wild Wacky Action Bike, the bike that's hard to ride, is one of them. Uh, in the okay, in Jimbo's gun shop, there's the like um, a monster with the Patrick Duffy leg that he is like killed and stuffed from the first season. Wow, um, all kinds of weird <laughs> references like that. Sounds super. It's great. It's fun. It's it's really delightful. All right. Now we're on to the big dog. Big dog. The BD, the Bravely Default. The big dog. Bravely Default. We've been playing Bravely Default. So let's recap. Last time I had played the demo and liked it. Had you played the game yet? I had played some of the demo and I did not like it, if you recall, because... Their control scheme. The control issues. scheme was weird, and for some reason, I decided that that was going to be my line in the sand, and I was not going to buy the game. I bought the game. Okay, good. I bought it as well. <laughs> We're both about um, the same part. I think so. I think you're a teeny bit further, maybe, but but maybe a couple hours more. Roughly, both in chapter two, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I th- I actually think we are. You are just like a quest behind me. Oh damn. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um. 
So my my general opinion on Bravely Default, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, is it is a game that I really want to like because it has a lot of good ideas in it, but I don't know if any of the ideas are executed on very well. Bobby, <laughs> so, this this is not a podcast where we crap on universally loved games. I know. Who would do that? So every time I play this, I think of all the ways that what is going on could be fixed. I think that there's like just like too many systems in play. I know we can go into it more specifically as we talk about the game. But for some yeah. reason, I keep playing it, and maybe it's just because I I paid money for it, and I and it's just good enough. There's, but I don't, there I don't an, really you, like this game. You have a, a documented allure for the portable JRPG. Yes, you know. The, so I I should say fits into um, my life. I, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the game. Uh, I think the the combat is fantastic and out and um, you know is a meaningful refinement of old school rpg it's certainly different like, tropes which is nice it, yeah there's like it it definitely is an evolution of that like not like a total reinvention mm-hmm. but, but there's meaningful changes to make things a little bit um, faster a little bit tougher um i, I really like faster. the character yeah i think it's i think it's a little I, bit faster i think there are times when it's just drags on because you're, um, you're inputting so many things but we'll get to it. the 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 character customization is great um, it at Not its great. heart, like they took, they took Final Fantasy V and made it a little bit better, and and gave you a couple more options. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the the way weapons work, the way the different jobs work, the way you the the like. I, I really like you have to make tough decisions all the time about which job am I going to be, which of the other jobs I've leveled up am I going to have here. Mm-hmm. I have all these awesome passive abilities but i only get two of them oh shoot i've got to make all my characters different so i can really maximize all this stuff i think all that is super engaging um story is kind of bad story uh the the voice acting was even worse changing it to japanese did help i did that after uh because the music the music is phenomenal the music is phenomenal in fact uh i'm actually listening to the music most of the time which i do not usually do it's usually like podcast central yeah the music is out friggin' standing so the the thing about the like the the broader trappings of the story and the characters is that the writing is like like pretty i don't know i wouldn't call it mature but like it's not afraid to use big words and to write in flowery language and, you know, make it something that you actually have to pay attention to if you want to read it. So it's not just like short words, throw information at you. Let's just move the plot along. Right. So it's kind of enjoyable to read, but everything that they're saying is nonsense. Like, and I don't care about what is going on in the story. I think the characters are bad. They're, they're really broad caricatures. Yeah. That I don't, I don't like any of them. Neither do like, I. We're like, oh, it's unsure guy, asshole guy, whiny girl, and annoying girl. <laughs> like those are the four characters. <laughs> yeah, an asshole guy is particularly bad. Ugh, he's, he's the worst. He is the worst of the four. He's the reason I turned it to Japanese language. Um, but it is one of those games where it tells you where to go next with markers on the screen. So you don't really have to pay attention to the story if you don't want to. Which is fantastic. And there's mark, there's different color markers for main quests and side quests. Yeah. So if you want to go do all the side quests first, they make it very easy. And that's awesome. So the way the game is structured is um, 
you get the jobs by completing various like main and side quests. And at the end of those side quests, you battle a boss that has one of those jobs. And when you defeat that boss, you get that job and it's called an asterisk. So, you know, I just went on a quest where at the end I fought the summoner, like this, this new character type who was a boss, who was a summoner. And then I got this summoner asterisk and now I can, now I can do summoning things. Um, but it's strange cause it doesn't really like build to what those bosses are in a meaningful way it just like throws them at you as the game goes on it's like oh yeah i don't know this seems like a good place for a time mage to be and for some reason like the character in this particular scenario is a time mage Uh, why i don't know and then you get to dress like them yeah um and use their powers I guess, and learn them. I guess you can use their powers and learn them. So, yeah, you... What do you mean? That's the whole That's the whole job point. No, I understand. But, like, the fact that you look different is the least important part of that. Right. But, like, I have found that, for example, a number of the jobs have not meaningfully contributed to the way that I play the game. Right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, so that's fair. Some, some of the jobs are going to be inherently right. not interesting so or like, useful. The merchant's job, for example... I I don't see who even like that would even appeal to as a play style. Um so like in the merchant job you're using like you're wagering the gold that you have so that you like spend some gold and maybe you do like a more powerful attack or you can you can attack someone and try to steal something from them or you try to convince them to buy one of your items. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know who's playing in that style, which yeah. is fine because it is one less thing for me to have to worry about when it comes to the primary job that you're leveling up and then the secondary job that you have skills equipped. Um, yeah. Cause you got to think by the end of this game, we're going to get like 30 some jobs, but it's not efficient to max everybody on everybody. So you got to pick like the th- right. three, four jobs for each person. And the thing that I, I dislike about that is like when you play a tactic style game where you have more characters, mm-hmm. then you get to use a bunch of jobs kind of in tandem with each other. So, you know, maybe, maybe you have, you know, 10 jobs on the field they're leveling up in different ways and i've so far i found that i don't like i'm not compelled by any of the particular jobs um like they don't change my play style a whole much except for like i have to be aware of strategy like weaknesses to magic that's kind of it right like Mm -hmm. so i pick the archer not because the archer has unique abilities like the archer's abilities are like um particular weaknesses or enemy types like beast or flying or whatever you can use a ability to target that type and do more damage to it so it's like oh there's a flying thing and i target it with you know i spend eight uh, eight mp and target it um but like i just I'm, I'm not really using any of that in a meaningful way because when i attempt to st- like strategize it doesn't make it much easier and when i don't strategize it doesn't make it much harder so like I can just kind of like flow in the middle and not have to pay attention, you know, just doing a lot of like regular attacks, the same stuff I've been doing since the beginning of the game, like using the monk to invigorate, to power myself up and then attacking a couple times like that. That has basically been the same. Um, I just I don't know. I for some reason, the combat system is just not the combat system, which should be the thing that the game is about, is not doing it for me. See, I really like it. And one of the things I like about it is in most Final Fantasy games, probably most RPGs. The combat is pretty rote until you get to a boss fight. Um, I thought Final Fantasy Thirteen was was especially bad at this. Like the the boss battles were like so hard and specific, you had to like read and think about stuff. Yeah. While yes. the rest of the game, like for all of the trappings and complexities they had added, you could just push X 
And I could say that about really any RPG. Um, the, in this game, like the even the random battles seem like there's a little bit more um, thought you need to put into everything because of the of the like risk reward brave system. It's like, man, if you want to end this in one turn, you need to be smart and aggressive with your braves. Mm-hmm. Because if you just sit there and, and attack once a turn, you're going to give everybody else way more turns and take way more damage than you would need to. Um, you need to figure out enemies' weaknesses, and you can really, really exploit them um, with your different magic users. Um, even even with bosses, you know, the boss fights are tough. And there have definitely been a couple times where it's like, oh, shoot, I'm just not supposed to do this side quest yet because they're much more strong than I am right now. Which is a bummer. Um, it's a bummer that you would get to the end of a side quest and then have to exit the dungeon because you're not strong enough for the boss. Like it is a little bit of a bummer, right? Because there's a couple times when I was I did not feel under leveled in the dungeon itself. Like fighting the random mm-hmm. enemies was fine. But so while while I do agree that that's a little bit of a bummer, the game makes you know kind of compensates for it for the fact that you can just turn off random battles run out of the dungeon, and then when you're ready, run back in without fighting anybody and yeah. go. So I do like that. I think that that throttle makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, here, I, here's, a, here's a complaint that's related to that. If I can just turn off random battles, just turn the difficulty all the way down and leave a dungeon, or use an item to leave a dungeon and then walk across the world map and go back to someplace where I can heal, why don't they just shortcut that and let me teleport to town and teleport back? Like I'm doing that already. I'm going through the motions. Because I think that be while that is the the use of that dial that I, I use the most. Mm-hmm. It's not always. Sometimes I'll beat a boss and need to run out of the dungeon. And be like I'm just not going to fight anybody, and but I won't go back to town. I'll be I'll be well enough that I'll save and then just go up to the next place or whatever. Hmm. Um, or, you know, sometimes I will, um, get to the end of an area, like a screen, and I see that I have a couple chests left and I'm like, I want to get those chests, but I don't, I want to save my magic and health for the rest of this dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it off, go get those chests, turn it back on and proceed. Totally. I can understand why you would want to turn it off, but why also isn't there an option just to shortcut the going back to town thing that you would have to do? Like, yeah. To to fully heal. I, I guess it's because they want to discourage you from doing that because it takes a little effort. But I'm yeah, gonna ex- do it exactly. Because anyway. I like that. Because the way you would do that would be okay. There are items that will warp you to the start of the dungeon. So there's your warp there. Mm-hmm. And at least the way the world map's been structured, there's like a town in the middle with all these like caves around it. Yeah. So your walk back to town is like 15 seconds. So, so it's a little longer than that. It just it feels like it takes a long time. For, for, like, me having to go heal and then go back, you know, the world map is relatively big. Because, I mean, we're in the same place. So, yep. The, the, yep. the flower garden, you have to run, like, all the way down the little peninsula, across the bridge, and back up around the river. And You're right. So, that, that may take, like, a, like closer to a minute or so. It right. is not instantaneous. You know, it's, and it's not a minute. It's not a whole lot to ask. But, you know, when I can think of a way to shortcut that minute based on the systems that are in play in the game. Like, the game allows me to do this thing anyway. It would be nice if... There were, there were some shortcuts to this stuff. Other shortcuts I wish they had. They had. So there's an auto battle feature, which I didn't realize when I started the game. And then... I, don't I think know. the auto battle sucks. It, I'm not afraid to say it. It does suck. And here's how it works. So auto battle takes the last inputs for each of your characters and treats that as like a, an automatic command. 
So if you have auto battled in like one random encounter with, you know, two flying types and like a beast thing with different you know, fire uh, weaknesses, if you have auto battle turned on and you walk and you have encountered different enemy types, it will continue to use that, like those fire skills or whatever, like, you know, fire magic and, and fire sword. And that's why it sucks. Auto battle should not be a toggle like on off because I'll do that and then be like, oh, well, whatever. I can just heal next turn, but forget to turn it off. So then it starts over again. Yeah. And, and I'm like, fuck. And it retains. Like, shouldn't persist. Yeah. It, it persists between encounters. So auto is just turned on. So the next thing you walk into, if you don't realize it, like Jay said, you know, like you said, um, it will the st- way it start should doing work. Thing. And there's no cancel a, out of it. Like you should be a, sorry. No, go ahead. You should be able to cancel out of it or like, what they really shouldn't do is they shouldn't even have the option for you to cancel out of it. It should be a per turn thing and a per character thing. Because what I would like to do is say, all right, Tiz, you're a monk. All I really ever want you to do is brave four times an attack. Yeah. So just you do that. Now, my white mage, though, is really a turn by turn basis. Sometimes everybody's okay. So I want you to brave or hell. This is an easy enemy. Maybe you go ahead and attack too. Mm-hmm. or oh, shit. I didn't know that enemy had an attack that strong. I need you to do a full cure on this guy and then maybe a round of healing for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's very nuanced from character to character. So a everybody just do the same thing they did last time is almost completely useless right. to me. It's hardly it's rarely ever going to work. I mean, you and I came up with a good idea, which would be it would have been nice if there were a shortcut menu. Like maybe you assign in the same way that in Final Fantasy 12, you can assign gambits. It'd be nice if mm-hmm. you could say, OK, here's like shortcut one, which is. Uh, cure everybody three times and then attack or um, invigorate and then three attacks or, you know, turn, use sword magic to turn yourself lightning and then attack for a time. Like something like that, because you end up, you're slamming on the buttons. You're like mm-hmm. jamming your way through the menus. And, but instead of doing it, you know, turn by turn in the old games, you ha- you're doing like 16 commands all up front and then letting yeah. it go. Super annoying. Um, so that's that's kind of busted, and so there's a little bit of clunk there since you you really do have to assign everybody's attacks every time. Yeah, um, I don't find that to be but so cumbersome. At least not um, any more or less cumbersome than another right. role playing game. Which I understand, like they don't. If the game is about supposed to be about this interesting combat system, why they wouldn't want you to auto battle through? Yeah, it? and it's about taking your time and, and thinking right. and making meaningful decisions. But a lot of times, I don't need to make meaningful decisions. I just need to go <laughs> through the motions. And I agree, especially later on in a dungeon when when now you feel a little overleveled. Right. Um, um, but I think I think overall, it's it's really special for for somebody who has enjoyed, you know, role playing games of yore. I think if you are big, if you are like a big Final Fantasy four five fan. You should probably get you get this game. Yeah, like I'm game. not going to tell anybody. Like I think this is a a game that most people will like, but there's so many things about it that I find bothersome that it's hard for me to say. Yeah, this this thing is awesome. This thing is great. Like I kind of think that it's broken in weird ways, where it's not broken in that you can't play it. It's just broken as in I can always imagine like what the better version of this game would look like. Um. I don't know. Like it's just a little, so all your characters have your main job, as we said, your secondary support ability, which you could be like a white mage main. And that's who you're leveling up at the time. Like you're leveling up that job class. And then you have your black mage skills. Um, 
And then you have, in addition to that, like you said, there's like these uh, additional abilities that you can have based on your character classes as they've leveled up, which is um, you have a number of slots assigned to each character that you can go through the whole job wheel and there are like passive abilities. So it's like, oh, turn my sword use to S rank or um, HP is plus 10% or, you know, I always start with like one extra brave point, like little things like that. Right. Um, so that's that's cool. Like, for example, if you want to if you level up monk and you want to go pick something else, you can go to your past abilities and say, like, hey, make me really, really good with my fists, even though I'm using this night class mm-hmm. or um, the one that I use for everybody, which is heal yourself of status ailments after everything, because there is a lot of status ailments in this. There game. are. That's great. So everyone that that slot one slot is taken up for that for everybody. And then everyone else gets like a, you know, that's waste. Kind you should only meaningful. you should you should only put that on your. See, I think that these are essential. This is the part where I have the hardest time picking stuff because I'm like, you're going to get HP plus twenty, and then you're going to get the item um, rebuild, or like, oh, I want my black mage to level up something else, but I really want her to still be good with rods, so I keep that on there. The status one I only put on the mages because I'm like, well, the other people I don't really because one I don't care if my fighters are silenced. Who gives a shit? Um, and I can just use my mages to heal them and then free up a slot for the other dudes. Yeah, but you're like blowing th- in. So have you been to the flower garden yet? Oh, yeah, I'm there now. Okay, so, you know, if you walk through the flower beds, everyone gets silenced, right? Yep. Again, so um, don't much care about that. Well, but in the poison dungeon, everyone got poisoned, like, every time you walked past these, like, trap things. So like constantly like using poison items or using like blowing through MP to heal everybody. But even that, see, that only happened like once I learned that, that only happened to me like two times. Oh, I could. And I'm like, oh, okay, you just ignore, you just I, ignore these. I could never get around them. Like I would just like walk through them. And then there was another uh, like. I po- get better walking. The poison forest, like you know, you you misstep just by a little bit, and like everyone in your your party is all poisoned because you stepped in the water. Or whatever. See, I actually like that. Those were a lot easier to avoid than the like things that sprayed at you, yeah. like the statues sprayed at you. Um, so that I had almost no problems with, but there'd be things where like a really narrow winding path to a chest. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, if you want this chest, you've got to navigate through this stuff. But otherwise, and it would also be like, all right, you can take this shortcut through this poison lake and save yourself time, but everybody's going to get poisoned. So it's like, no, I'll just walk around. I would say the one thing that's like really annoying to me is, all right, so ring a bell, the dude, the this is the asshole dude. Asshole dude. Yeah. Asshole dude. Um, I have him as like monk and I don't remember what the other one is, but he knows the white mage abilities. He spent a little time as a white mage and he has all this MP, but he's not set as a white mage. So in between battles, like if I'm running low on MP for other people, go in to the menu switch his job go down like back to menus then cast cure on everybody go back into the job menu switch him back to what he's supposed to be leveling up as and then proceed like if he already knows the white mage abilities why can't i just use cure anytime even if he's not quote wearing like the white mage hat at the moment like another thing that they could have streamlined but chose not to Jay has no idea. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, did I lose you? No, like, no, no. Like, I just think of like all these ways that these these systems can be streamlined, and it bothers me. It's also weirdly unbalanced. So, 
you uh there's an online component to this game and you uh sort of i i i've seen you talk about this i think you make a way bigger deal of that like one it's totally optional and doesn't really meaningfully impact the game so i've i've totally maxed out the town yes okay so there's nothing really happens there are a couple online things a couple online components there's the town so i don't know where this town is but there's a town narende yeah you do that's the town that got blown up at the beginning of the game that's tiz's town no you are leading the rebuilding effort where is it the the big crater at the beginning of the game oh that was a town i don't remember that okay oh man that's on you (laughs) okay for like simply reading the main plot of the game fair enough okay so there's a town it is tiz's town and you're trying to rebuild it and so to rebuild it um, it's a separate menu that uses online. You go online and you can either street pass with people physically, or you just check in online once a day, like every 24 hours and you can get like three to five residents to the town. Those right. residents can be assigned to buildings in the town. Um, and those buildings get upgraded levels one through 11 and upgrading the buildings, uh, gives you access to items that, that you can purchase in the shops. It- it's not the shops. It's the red guys. Okay. Who, who, the, the, so the secondary buy... shop system. Exactly. Exactly. So, so they allow you to buy stuff like in the middle of a dungeon. So there's two shop systems. There's the regular shops in this town. And then there's this like red guy who, where you go to save your game, you go to update your online street passing. Yep. And then he can also sell you some stuff. So yeah. upgrading your town, actually the, the best thing that upgrading your town does is that it just gives you like a bunch of random items throughout the game. But yeah, that's awesome. And allows you to buy like potions and Phoenix Downs in the middle of a dungeon. You can also buy but like that's like um some weapons and stuff. Yeah. But most of them are not good. And most and, of them and, are really expensive. So yeah. even if you've upgraded your town to a level eleven, like in the first couple days of playing the game, you can't afford any of that stuff anyway. So I actually kind of like that because it means that other people who are playing the game are not totally losing out if they can't connect online or up, update their street passes online, all that kind of stuff. So exactly. I think that stuff is totally fine. But then the town is also full of these like level 99 monsters that you can fight. And people can send monsters to your game like you do in Dark Souls. Like when you send, you know, uh, your character into someone else's Dark Souls world and they can be super powerful. So the game has that going on but everyone sends you level 99 monsters so you can't fight any of them because you'll lose right in one hit so i don't know why those monsters are in the town i don't know either but that's fine and then um the other thing is when you sh- have you can uh, street pass with friends who are registered like on your your 3ds friends list right so you can either street pass with them or like virtually connect yeah, yeah. to do this so jay virtually like over the internet i've connected to tim from x strike and jay and uh dimitri uh, your brother's friend and uh, okay. like, there's like a, a fourth character who is like the virtual you know ai character that they give you just to have you so you take those characters and you can assign the the hero quote that your friend has street passed to you to one of your characters in the game like link them up such that you can get abilities like those secondary abilities like the passive ones we were describing without having leveled up that character in the like to that point in the game so like tim has like a really high level fighter or something like knight or whatever okay so i can link that to my knight and suddenly i have access to 
seven more skills that I can set as passive abilities that I don't have access to myself, like that I haven't earned at that point in the game. Which seems like a nice way to, you know, shortcut some of the stuff, give you some access to, um, you know, to make the game a little easier for yourself. But I also think it throws off the balance of what you're getting and when. Like, I don't feel like I'm earning these passive or earning these secondary abilities because they are all, um, like, handed to me. But I feel like I'd be stupid if I don't use the abilities that were handed to me because it's going to make the game easier. So I, I feel like that system is a little bit broken. So... Maybe a little bit, but it's it's not, but but so like crazy powerful. Like it's not like you can take advantage of his level or anything like that. Um, Except that you can, because then there's a thing where you can summon people from your village into battles to do combat for you, like take a turn for you, right? And I've never I've never quite figured out how that system works. Uh, I've never done that. I I feel like that's a little tacked on and just kind of meaningless. Like it doesn't really add or detract. Right. Like I. But there are certain battles like where I've summoned in somebody because I'm just doing so poorly that it like seems like the only course of action that I have is to like bring in this extra help to do turn damage. And sometimes they come in and do ten damage, and sometimes they come in and do like three thousand damage. I don't. I know it relates to the level, but I haven't quite figured it out. And then oh, and then that means you can also set up your characters with custom abilities that other people can use. So there's a whole other system where you have different levels of attacks that you get access to by braving, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, you brave 30 times in a row, and then you have this, like, custom ability that you can set up and say, like, oh, it does... Those are cool. This type of... It does poison damage to beasts and uses, you know, something else... with like extra like um, attack points added to it or something like that. So there's a, there's an entire system where you can man you manage that on a character by character basis. So they each have like named things and you you're managing so four times four sixteen, you know, four hundred possible like little setups or something that you could do um, as this totally secondary thing that is not really even apparent in the main game, but also affects people's online games. So I'd, I want to keep my character set up pretty well so that if like you were to use me, you know, summon me into battle online to fight for you that like, I wouldn't be really shitty. So I'm trying to do a good job for you, but it is a, like an entirely confusing system all on its own. So this game has like 10 different systems going on at once. And I don't think it focuses on any one of them in a really good way. See, I don't know, like, they're not really They're not systems. necessary, but they're there. Yeah, and they're not, they like, even to to use them or interact with them takes so little time and effort and to to do, to, to call them, like, there's all these separate systems. It's like, not really. There's, like, one big battle system, and then there's kind of this ancillary stuff that's not that's not really a big impact either way. Like, what, Which may speak to the quality of the game, but yeah. not but not really, like... I don't. I don't know. Like they're they're not really impactful. Am I being too or, tough on or this detracting? Game? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's just like like the the argument here is like, oh, there's this whole other thing I need to interact with, and and oh, it's stupid. And it's like, yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe, maybe that's true. But to to say like, oh, there's this point oh one percent of the game that is so terrible or like confusing seems a little bit unfair. Like if it was more about like. I really do not like the core gameplay, like the thing that is ninety five percent of the game. I think that would be really fair. To, but I think I but, think that this stuff is more significant. 
to me, this stuff is more significant than it is to you. I feel like because it's there, I should be interacting with it. It makes it interesting to me. Like that is one thing that would separate, you know, this combat system from other combat systems, like braving and defaulting aside like that. I guess it would be the same thing when we were talking about jobs. Like the fact that there are jobs that I think are bad or don't excite me doesn't bother me whatsoever because there are plenty of jobs that I am interested in that I'm going to use. Yeah. So the fact that I didn't, I don't really get much out of being able to take somebody's character and slap it on my character. I don't care about because I can either use it or not. And even if I choose to use it, it only takes me two seconds. Hmm. That's fair. I'm certainly being hard on the game. I also think, um, you know, I, I I feel like I'm predisposed to like it because I like I like the Final Fantasy games a lot. I like the job system a lot. And somebody has made another one of these games and done a really good job of it. And also iterated it on meaningful ways. Like, um, in Final Fantasy V, all you can do is, like, slap one other job as your secondary job. Sure. So that refinement of having the, like, secondary abilities and stuff, the, like, wheel where you can easily see everything, I'm like, oh, this is a lot broader and gives me way more customization options than I'm used to. It's interesting because my my point of comparison for the job systems are the tactics games because I've not played right. five, which which are, like, way more complicated, right? right. And that's, that's almost what I want out of this. Mm-hmm. because that's my experience with the job system. I wonder it, having if I had played five, I would have a different opinion on what it's like to have a small party that is trying to go through some sort of job system. It does make you want to play Final Fantasy Tactics again. That's really true. And it makes me want to play Final Fantasy V, so... You should play it! Yes, I know. It's so good. If only because not the Final Fantasy V is the greatest game ever, um, but it is like the... That's the start of the job system. It's kind of prototyped mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy three, and then it comes out in five. Like here I am, yeah, fully born. So there it is. There it is. There's bravely default. I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah. Okay. So good. there's there is that at least right. Like I like it enough that I'm going to keep playing it. Right. But I'm going to be mad about it when I'm doing it. <laughs> I totally understand <laughs> that. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. So, RJ. Yep. So I'm looking at the recording time. It's pretty long. We're pretty long. We're at one minute thirty-seven. Right. Let's cut the too many games thing. Too many games. Do you want to talk news then, or do you want to just go straight into the list? Fuck it. Let's go to the list. Okay. This is a good length. This will round up being like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. All right. Well then, Jay. Yes. Let's do this. Good morning, Captain. Well, good morning to you. Do you need another mule skin? The list. Down on your new mud run. Ha 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 you know, Jay, before we get into our the lists for this week, I think that we would be remiss if we did not update our listeners with a response that we got from last week. No, last month's. <laughs> last, last episode, last, last time. Last time's the list. Um, so last time we talked about our five favorite iOS games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our friend of the show, good friend of the show, Campbell, wrote friend in. Of show, good friend of the show. So um, Campbell wrote in and he informed us, which I'd seen him t- tweeting some links to these things yeah but he's been writing reviews for 148 apps.com 
the number 148apps.com, um, which reviews mobile game. Uh, so he wanted to come up with his list of his five favorite games that don't that we didn't already cover. So he loves Super Hexagon, yeah. Drop 7, right? so on and so forth. Um, threes. Threes, obviously. So, uh... Number one, I should say that I took one of his example or one of his recommendations recently. Jay, I'm going to paste these in here. There you go. Okay. I took one of his recommendations this week. He reviewed a game called... Oh, what's it called? It's called uh, Block Legend, which is out this week for... Or recently for iOS and Android. It uh-huh. is like Puzzle Quest and... Okay. Yep. Uh, 10 million kind of combined. Mm. I like 10 million. Um, so I've been playing that. It's pretty good. It's fun. I, I love 10 million. And so this doesn't quite scratch that itch. Um, but it's all right. But he here are his five other favorite games. So you didn't you didn't say this one, did you? Letterpress? No, Letterpress. Uh-uh. It is similar. Letterpress is all right. Yeah, it's like Spell Tower type and a bunch of those other games. I know this game was super big with people and really well regarded. I thought it was only okay. I didn't like it as much as the other ones. I still really like Wordament and the real time. Yeah. Um, I, I played some letterpress, but I'm so bad at word games. The, I, yeah. I'm not the right person to judge them. I don't, I I don't like any word game. <laughs> um, so he likes Dungeon 2, which is a dungeon crawling uh, mobile game. He says uh, the dungeons are like Minesweeper Gribs and you tap on squares to expose them. And then Dungeon 2 is a free to play game. Um, Wait, what? Second game is free to play, where the first wasn't, but one time payment sidesteps all the issues usually associated with free to play. So, you know, pay once, unlock everything, no more limitations on it. Uh, what else does he like here, Jay? He likes Empire. Uh huh. Which is a weird mashup of a deck building game and civilization. I've never heard of that game. Yeah, it's super hard, but super fun. Neither have I. I, um,. I'm I'm always a little trepidatious about games like this only having a phone because I, I feel like big deck building complicated games would you know always. be served much by a big screen. Yeah, I felt but, that same way about Ascension. Uh, yeah, and me, me too. I, I didn't even play it that much. And even even Calculords, which came out, I played a few minutes of on my iPhone uh, and thought it was really cool. It's like this would just benefit from you know not having to worry about the, the exact pixel that I'm tapping on because there's so much interface um, that's required to uh to proceed right he does recommend space team the best ios game ever and i was like fuck i should have remembered that game because it is the best ios game ever i have still never played space team oh man we really screwed up at magfest because that is the place for space I team no i don't I, like i don't think i've ever been in a situation where i was like oh we should this is like the right group of people to play space team with. That's not. It takes a little list. bit of setup because you have to convince everybody to sit there and download it and install it. But once they do it, yeah, you're you're off. Good to go. I played it a handful of times. Um, and then he recommends a game called Pwn. P W N. Says players are hackers hacking nodes on a grid. Each one wants to eliminate the other player's nodes. It basically consists of strategic tapping, but there are a lot of skills and abilities players can use to throw off their opponents. Um, you know, with strengths and weaknesses. And he says, it also is a pretty good single player campaign. I kick myself when I return to this game since I unfortunately don't play it often, but it's super, super good. So Dungeon Lot 2, Letterpress, Empire, Space Team, and PWN, Pwn. There you go. There are some recommendations from our expert iOS game reviewer, Campbell. 
So that's our last list. We've got a brand new list, though. We do have a- for today an O list, <laughs> if you uh, if you will. So we are just in time for the holiday. Just in time for the St. Patrick's Day, uh, we decided to do our five favorite games to drink during. Drink to five favorite games to drink to. Yes. Play while drinking. Whatever you want to call. Mm-hmm. Play while drinking. Not to be confused with drinking games like your flip cup or whatever. Right. Which is just that would have been an equally viable, equally viable list. Of course, but that is not our aim here. It's five best games to play while you are drinking. Yes. Uh, so the, the five worst games to play. Uh, Forza. All games. Yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, so, Jay, why don't you kick us off? Oh, these okay, so, can be single player or multiplayer. So it could be like a party situation or like the game you want to play while you're drinking or games that you can play while you're drinking. Exactly. Well, So I've divvied mine up into five subcategories of drinking. Okay. So uh, the first one, I just want to get this out of the way. This is the best overall drinking game. Far and away is still Rock Band, yeah. the once and future king of drinking video games. You can't beat it. Uh, yeah. So I did not put this on my list because I knew it was going to end up on your list. I, I definitely yeah. agree. Um, not not super great for solo drinking, but <laughs> like because uh, uh, then you just get frustrated because when I'm playing solo, I'm way more about like I'm going to play an expert and I'm going to try to be really precise like and stuff. Well, yeah, I'm doing well. But in a, in a big party game, it just becomes like a big karaoke vibe. Um that's great. I, I did not put it on my list because it is a game that I'm like incapable of playing while drinking. I mean, you've been around me enough while playing that game, oh, yeah. and there are times when I just get tree kicking mad. I just got it. You know, I'll back stuff down to hard, um, or or medium if I'm on drums, and just kind of go for it. But yeah, you do get tree kicking mad when you've had a couple of drinks. I, I think that well, is it may have been like a Jimmy's bachelor party. We ended up finishing off the night playing. And we were playing Billy Joel, yes. and so I was like sitting, sitting over the keyboard, like drunkenly trying to pay attention and just singing along, like that. That is like the quintessential drinking rock band experience. Oh, that was so bad because you were like trying to learn how to do the keyboard. Yeah, have you ever done keyboard before? I had done it maybe once, but I was playing like expert keyboard. So. You were doing that, or the like the pro mode, the pro mode, yeah, not whatever. expert difficulty, Sorry. but like the pro mode. So, which is really hard. Right. Um, otherwise, you're just pressing the five colored buttons. Otherwise, otherwise, it's just guitaring without fretting. Right. So the reverse is it's insanely easy. So you're trying to learn how to do that, and you're also a number of beers in, right. and it's like God fucking damn it! But I'm, I'm I am role playing as William Joel myself. I am you the are. piano man. You are. So yeah, drunk driving. Okay. Uh, what else do you have? All right. Uh, similar to that that situation. So a game that is fun to play when you've been drinking with people because it makes – it speeds up trivia is You Don't Know Jack. Okay. I also have You Don't Know Jack on my list. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this is my best uh, social casual drinking game. Yeah. That makes sense. So trivia is fun. Trivial Pursuit sucks because it takes a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and – Bar trivia is fun, but it also like there's a whole big like it's a it's a hour long event usually where it takes a while to like turn questions in and everyone is collaborating together. Like this is just it goes fast enough that if you get them wrong, you don't feel bad. It has enough hooks into it that makes it more than just a trivia game. So you know being able to screw somebody, um, and then it's just it's goofy enough that you appreciate it while you're drinking. Exactly, Bobby. You should go again. Oh sure. Okay, so this, 
in the same vein as your, what did you call your, you don't know, Jack category? Uh, that was my social casual drinking category. Yeah. So that's for when, so, so rock band's great because rock band works whether you've drank, had a little or a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack is like, we gotta, gotta, it's not a big party game like rock band is, but I got a, I got a handful of people over. We're all having a couple beers, right? Maybe a cocktail or two. Ooh. Let's sit down. Cause you still have to do trivia, it, right? It, importantly, you can play it while drinking because it only requires one hand. Exactly. So you can have a beer in one hand, your controller in the other. No problem. Um, so my similar one to that is uh, a game that we've used numerous times around this house, which is Tetris Party, which you can download on the Wii eShop or Wii Shop or whatever it was called. Um, there are multiple modes, competitive Tetris modes. And the reason it works is because there's always someone who's willing to pay Tetris. Like, it is kind of the like great equalizer. There's some people really good at Tetris, but everyone knows how Tetris works. And if you start up a game, there'll always be someone who'll pick up the controller and play as that second character. And you can kind of pass it around. It's a game that like the people who are playing are paying really close attention to, but everyone else can kind of casually pay attention to. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just good, a good pass and play game. I like that. that. Yeah. Good, good party game attitude, even lower on the using my brain skills than you don't know, Jack. Mm-hmm. Even lower on the using your uh, brain skills is uh, my winner of the category of best best youthful drinking game. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to say best underage drinking game because the low score podcast does not condone underage drinking. Of course, shouldn't do it. Right. Uh, but my winner for best youthful drinking game is Mario Party. Uh. Now, Ma- Mario Party is a terrible game <laughs> okay. that nobody should play ever. Um, so I think because it's it's random, it's unfair, it's stupid. Uh, but the unfairness of it and the, like, you randomly get a stars, you know, get people to get mad at each other and have, like, good-natured ribbing mm-hmm. that drinking can only enhance. Yeah, um, yeah the, the unfairness of how the game plays out is diminished by the fact that everyone cares less. Like, the stakes are much Everyone smaller. cares less. Um, so while you don't know, Jack, I think you should either be having, you know, some craft beers or simple cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, this needs this needs to have shitty beer only. That's it. <laughs> uh, uh, lots and lots of shitty light beer. Uh, and also, you, I really feel like you need to play one of the Nintendo 64 versions. I don't think you need fancy Mario Party. It needs to be like... A, a dirty dorm room where somebody just ironically brought a Nintendo 64 <laughs> and, and it's just like, look at this fucking thing. I've got this. This is super <laughs> dumb. Let's hook this up and pound this case and I'll be Waluigi. Cause that's super dumb. And let's just go. Sounds great. Mario party. So I've, I have another Mario game on here for my next one. Uh-huh. So, I had to pick a game from this type of game, but I think the whole genre in general works, which is kind of the like arcadey, lighthearted golfing games. So I picked Mario uh, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour because okay. that is the one that I had when I came of drinking age and was playing these golfing games. That's the GameCube one. That's the GameCube one, correct? Um, but you you can take your pick. You can pick Hot Shots, Out Bounds. Uh, you can play, well, you can't play them on mobile. It's gotta be like on a TV. So the reason that this works is that golfing games are slow paced. You only have to concentrate for a few seconds at a time. 
And like, you know, when you're trying to concentrate, do something while you've been drinking, like you can really like yeah. hone in on that one thing. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, I'm going to hit this toilet, uh, <laughs> you know, handle flush. I'm going to flush like a motherfucker. I'm like, I got gonna, it. I got I'm the flush and my hands going to I have to do this. Right. I'm at a state where I can only do one thing. I need to use yep. every brain cell needs to come together and team up yep. to make this one activity happen. So like with Mario Golf Toastal Tour, it's like, okay, I'm going to use my, my my one brain cell to position the arrow where I want it to go. Okay, that's taken care of. Phew. All right, next. I'm going to pick my club. Okay, all right. Okay, that's good. All right, next. I'm just, all I have to do is press the A button once. And when it gets back there, I'm going to press it again. Okay, God. Okay, God. Thank you. Like, no, no, you do this. Give me a second. I have to recover from this very, very hard, complex task of selecting one thing and doing one thing at a time. Uh, it's great because you can play it with two players, so you can just pass, just pass them back and forth. Gives you some time to think, but you can also play it one player, and it goes okay. So, and it also doesn't matter if you lose because it's a fun golfing game. Nope. Exactly. So that's good too because you can do that by yourself. You can do that with other people. Yep. It's still gonna work. Oh, and the. Uh, the Mario Golf Toadstool Tour has like a taunt the second player can use. So uh-huh. you can just sit there and jam on the taunt button. Or, Perfect. Or the like encourage button. Whatever you want. Encouraging is used as a taunt when you've been drinking. Okay. So my final two games are for solo drinking. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I want to focus on two different types of solo drinking. The first one is what I've called solo fancy drinking. Okay. So this is either where you've... Uh, You've gotten home and you've made yourself kind of a fancy cocktail, cracked open a good bottle of wine, or maybe you've got some, you know, nice, um, you know, bomb or a beer uh-huh. that you just want to, you know, crack open. So you're 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 having something, maybe a stiff drink, but you haven't had a lot. You're you're little, you're feeling the buzz, but you're not completely hammered. So you need something that's engaging, that requires some attention but also lets you take your time and that's why final fantasy tactics is the best (laughs) solo fancy drinking game all right okay it's rewarding Uh uh-huh but you can you can just if you need to mellow out if you need to take your time this game not only allows it but it demands it so that same kind of focusing in honing type of thing you were talking about is going to benefit uh turn-based tactical rpg and you can accomplish a whole lot in just finishing like a single mission in a tactics game you'll you'll feel like a million dollars like if you've had you've had a hard day so you poured yourself a double you beat some uh encounter in final fantasy tactics all of a sudden your mood has been turned around Mm -hmm. all right it's a pretty good answer yep okay my two are also solo drinking games so Um, I'll start with okay. So I'll go back to the go back to the well on this one. It's been a long time since you've seen this on a list because usually it's forbidden from a list. But that would be Borderlands. Okay. So interesting. The reason Borderlands works, and specifically referring to Borderlands One Souls and, and Borderlands Solo, Solo is what you're yeah. talking about. Here. It works because the game requires very little effort to begin with. All you need to be able to do is generally. To succeed is pull a trigger and and point. Right. Also, very little precision. Yeah, yeah. Like aim thatish way, pull the trigger and point. And you've got a thousand ammo, so who cares if you miss? Right. Just keep going. Just keep shooting. Um, you don't have to follow along with anything. You don't have to follow along with a story. You just need to go to a waypoint. 
the game kind of plays you can put yourself in autopilot to play the game. So yep. you know, if you come back yep. and you've been out drinking and you just want to put something on and be stimulated, Borderlands has always worked for me. Borderlands 2, a little more little more strategy required. So that's that did not make it. I like it. All right, last one. My final game. So if we were talking about solo fancy drinking before, mm-hmm. now we're talking about solo depressing drinking. Okay. Mine is also in this category. Where you've the night's kind of gotten away from you. You've had you've had one too many by yourself. Uh-huh. No one's around. Yep. This is how you got in this situation. Every game on my shelf. <laughs> Most games are going to be too taxing. You're just going to frustrate yourself if you try to cobble through an RPG or a shooting game mm-hmm. or something. So you need something that's stupid. That it requires almost no brain power. I think I know. That's not especially fast-faced, but that also maybe makes you feel like you're not so alone in the world. Uh-huh. So, chosen one versus a hundred for the Xbox oh, 360. I thought you were going to say Uno for Xbox 360. Oh, God. That's a, man, that's a great choice. Oh, that's a better hangover game. That maybe is a better choice, too, because you can still play it. <laughs> that's true. One, yeah, one versus one hundred. Wow. Does this, have, it's, does this happen a lot, It's today? free. I don't want to talk about it. Maybe, maybe, or maybe not. This comes from some personal experience during, you all may remember, long-time listeners know that I've S-ranked 1 versus 100 for the Xbox 360. Now we know why. Some free games out of it. But it's, see, it's got, there's there's something, there, a lot of it is just like watching mindless TV that you have to interact with every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're doing something, even though you're just watching the world's slowest, dumbest game show of all time. Uh-huh. There's a real person talking to you live. That's, that's it's almost like a almost like a friend, like an internet friend <laughs> that you can be with. So, Sometimes you get picked to be in the mob, and then you have ninety eight other ninety nine other teammates. They're your team, real team members. You can see their gamer tags. And then you know if you just pass out while you're playing it, no problem. All right. It's not like you lost any real progress or anything. <laughs> I haven't considered that that's a factor. So, <laughs> right. So, you know, if you pass out during other people are going to be like, hey, well, come on, man. It's your turn. Go, go, go. Uh, so, anyway. One, so, there's that. One versus 100. <laughs> oh. Nice choice. All right. My, last, my last one is in the spirit of I can do this while I've been drinking because there are very little consequences. But I also like it. Because I enjoy theme drinking. Therefore, I picked Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. (laughs) For those rum-filled summer nights. (laughs) Um, The Lego games... Does this explain why you put so much time in this game? Yep. I like rum a lot. And I like to feel like a pirate when I'm drinking rum. So what better game than a game that has, like, zero consequences? (laughs) (laughs) You can like you can a children's game. Right, you can die. You know, you lose all your hearts, but you respond. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's no game over. There's no, there's no time, life counter. Yeah, there's no time pressure. There's nothing. You just do it until it's finished. Um, <laughs> you just need to lay the controller down for a little bit. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Nothing's gonna come and get and, you. And the music's really good. So you know, if it needs to lull you to sleep, <laughs> that's okay too. But yeah, it's it's one of the few games like, you know, you could maybe drink whiskey while playing Red Dead. But, you know, I can't think of other games that have like a really good associated drink. 
Uh, maybe, I mean, Black Flag would yeah, maybe fit into the yeah, same but Black, thing. Black Flag requires a lot more. Right, you couldn't, no, you couldn't be drinking too much. As experience has proven. Okay, right. That's always the saddest when you're like, ah, too drunk to play yep. this, can't turn it off. Oh, like minced. I've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's a sad when you like quit in the middle of something too. You're like, I just can't, I'm not even going to see this to the end. I thought it, I thought I was going to, but no, I'm not. Stop, just stop. So I'm really excited for summer to roll around and pick up some new rum. I might play yep, s- it, play some. You know, you you have it, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, and that game is online I multiplayer. I can easily uh, acquire rum yep. if I needed it. I'm just saying. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. In honor of St. Patrick's Day, there's your o, the O list. The O list. That's it. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Uh, iTunes us do good things i tried to set up lowscorepodcast.com and i can't quite figure out how to make it work using okay blogger so you should still go to lowscorepodcast.blogspot.com email us <laughs> your favorite drink games to drink to drink by and drink with uh at lowscorepodcast at gmail.com and we have a twitter account it is. It's at low score podcast, and you should tweet us. Say, "Hey, at low score podcast." I tried to play blank, but I was too drunk. <laughs>